0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode nine of a brand new podcast called Hope Between the Lines. My name is Dan Herrod, and yes, I did just rhyme. On today's episode, I get to have a conversation with Cynthia Rukty, and she is an award-winning author. She is a champion of other people's dreams, and she is simply a joy. You'll catch what I mean as the seconds tick on in this episode, but I am so glad that you've joined me on this very fine day. As always, it is a joy to be on this journey with you. So get your audio level dialed in, grab your favorite snickety snack and something to drink, if that's how you roll, because we are heading into this episode of Hope Between the Lines. Well, Cynthia, welcome. To hope between the lines
1: thank you it's great to be here dan wonderful to be able to talk to you and have a chance to chat every time we have a conversation i walk away stronger better richer um, enriched
0: absolutely and i feel the exact same thing about you because you are one of the individuals that i have in my life who perpetuate encouragement mm. you have a way about you where you're able to see people through lenses that they do not see themselves through. Mm-hmm. And it looks a lot like the way Christ sees us in the way that you just call it out and you're so firm in your encouragement. Mm-hmm. And so I, my life is better because you're in it. And I am thankful that we could have this conversation today.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too, Dan.
0: So as we begin, I would love to kind of learn more about your journey. Where did your story begin? You can start as far back as you like, but help (laughs) me learn more about Cynthia today.
1: Okay. Um, It, you know, I'm one of those kids that grew up in a home where we were poorer than we knew, Hmm. but, and happier than most. Uh, loving family. I was the oldest of five kids and the kids were born within seven years from first to last. So lots of children around in this noisy environment. And that had to be quiet because mom was a night nurse. So she had to sleep during the day. So what would traditionally have been this boisterous kind of crazy, loud environment, we were we kids learned how to tiptoe very early in life. And we we learned how to take our disagreements outside in essence, (laughs) Um, dad was an educator and he was also a part-time pastor. Mm. So we were getting a beautiful picture of, from my mom, this beautiful picture of devotion to caring for others, Mm. from my dad, this love of learning And, and both of them really had that, but dad had his from the educational standpoint. So we'd catch him reading encyclopedias or dictionaries just for fun at Mm. night. That's, you know, the TV might be on, but he was reading an encyclopedia or a dictionary and which made it very difficult to play board games with him because he knew all the answers to everything (laughs) already, but he also had a pastor heart and he did this, um, he had his degree, seminary degree and uh, his license. So he pastored for many years of our childhood, tiny churches on purpose. He, he, because of his working with middle school kids for almost his entire career, really the majority of his career and um, helping them as a, Band instructor helping them go from squeaks and squawks to something that they could be proud of and that would really carry many of them through the rest of their lives. A great, great educator. But he also had this pastor heart. And in my toddler years, he was pastoring itty bitty churches in uh, South Dakota three different denominations, but they all needed a pastor on a Sunday. Yeah. So he would create the same sermon for all three. They were fine with that, but they didn't all want to sing the same hymns. <laughs> so he print printed out, I say printed out, which meant typed out and then retyped and then retyped back in those days, uh, three different orders of service, one for this denomination that he was preaching and one for this one and one for this one. And he just had to make sure that he kept that straight when he, when he went (laughs) Um, Sunday morning, one service might've been at nine and another one at 1030 and another one at 1130. And he just went across the, these vast wastelands of South Dakota (laughs) to, from church to church. But it also helped me and the rest of my siblings grow up in an environment where uh, God was honored Mm-hmm. And Jesus was part of the family. And uh, that, that set us up, really set us up to honor and respect God and his word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each of us then made our own decisions, whether or not we were going to follow Christ at different times in our lives. Mine was, mine was kind of the, the one where um, at swimming lessons, I realized that I had to have a buddy. And that was because even a little kid could die in the water. Really? Yeah. So I ran home that day and said, I need to know I'm going to heaven.
0: (laughs) yes.
1: So it might've been for all the wrong reasons, but on the other hand, it stuck. It stuck. And, and I, we all really had a respect for God and his word and his church from an early age. Um, in my life, some of that Showed itself early on in I was a rule follower by nature, mm-hmm. so then I became a church rule follower as opposed to a Jesus living person. Absolutely, in my later teen years and early adult years, I had. Some several turnaround moments where I realized, oh, it's not all about the rules; yeah. it's about the relationship with this amazing God and His Son, and what how that affects every moment of every day. Wow! So I had a heart early on for Lord. I'll do what you want me to do. What is that? Yeah. I thought I was going to work in the chemistry laboratory, and I did for several years. That's what I did out of uh, college, but then, and was raising a family. And eventually my husband and I made that tough decision for me to stay home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we would live on one income, no matter what that meant. Um, I canned all our food, made all our clothes, real like paint pioneering kind of woman. Yeah. Only that's not the era we were living in, but I was <laughs> doing it. And um, then at the same time, This love for learning that my dad had instilled in us came out in the form that as a homemaker, I also wanted to be brain stimulated too, Mm. in the middle of all of this, took some correspondence courses in creative writing. And eventually that led to one of those yes Lord moments where Mm. despite the fact that I had no training or education or reason to say yes, other than that God had asked me, I found myself writing and producing a radio broadcast that eventually lasted 33 years on the air. And that was played in Wisconsin, but also on 48 stations across the United States. What was
0: the name of the broadcast?
1: The Heartbeat of the Home. Okay. And we had, I think we were on the air in North Carolina where it first started. For eight years before we ever heard it in our own area. And then a couple of local stations picked up the program and then it went from here to here and there to there. And um, oh. the experience of it was teaching me discipline. It was teaching me how to find, how to notice in God's word, how it spoke to everything we would ever face in life either directly or indirectly, how to write both fiction and nonfiction because the beginning of the 15-minute broadcast was storytelling, slice-of-life scenes from everyday life, and then there was a musical interlude and devotional thoughts of how, how did God speak to that? How does God speak to sibling rivalry? How does God speak to losing your best friend? How does God speak into um, I am crabby and don't know why? Uh, you know, all, yeah. all the everythings that hit us and uh, both very deep and more lighthearted as well. Absolutely. So that's what set me up to do what I'm doing today, which is I write fiction and I write nonfiction in book form Mm. after that radio ministry retired and, uh, and now I'm a literary agent. So I'm helping other people get their books into publication as well.
0: Absolutely. So what did you find most rewarding as you really stewarded this, this leading on this radio broadcast, what was it that really made you say, yes, this is amazing?
1: For almost every day of those 33 years, my radio partner, Jackie, who has passed on now, but Mm. she and I would ask the Lord, are you sure this is what you want us (laughs) to be doing? Almost every
0: day.
1: (laughs) We were recording from... Jackie's farmhouse. I was doing all the writing. She would help edit. We were the two on-air voices Mm -hmm. challenging to raise support when you're not asking for funds on the air and have no foundational support. Just Mm. trusting God, trusting God, trusting God. The most rewarding though, it was completely and honestly, something, this might be a lesson for somebody, Yeah, something that God withheld for the whole first year of obedience to him. Hmm. And that was listener mail. So (sighs) hearing from listeners who had been impacted by what was being said, and it wasn't just, oh, that was so good. It was that really made me think differently about the distance that has Existed for twenty years between myself and my brother, yeah. or or pastors would write and say, "Can I use that as a sermon illustration?" Or um, others would write and say, "You held me together while I was going through that single parenting phase." There's no to know that God could take two ordinary women and do this kind of thing with it, just because we said yes. Amazing. And I introduced that with the idea that for the first year, we didn't get one listener letter for 12 full months, no listener letters at all. And then when I look back on that now, I think it's as if God was saying, are you going to obey me if you see nothing? Right. No reward from the other side. The reward is just what you're gaining yourself spiritually. At the time, we didn't know that's what he might have been in his mind. And I'm not sure right now that was, but it sure makes a lot of sense. And it sounds a lot like God, doesn't it? It does. Are you going to follow me if you don't see results right away?
0: So what was happening over those 12 months as you would faithfully show up episode after episode? And it was crickets as far as Any, any response from the people that you're praying for, you're working to give them great, you know, content, you're, you're pouring your heart into this. What, what was that like over the 12 months to not hear back?
1: Probably a lot of your listeners are going to have this same kind of response or a story that they could tell like this and you as well, Mm -hmm. knowing that it was, God who'd done the asking that we hadn't gone searching for this, Mm. but he had brought it across our path. We believed that we needed to keep doing it until he told us not to. Wow. And that happens with a lot of people in a lot of arenas. They, they have their own story to tell, but even that it lasted for 33 years there, even in the middle of all of that was this, um, if this is you god we'll keep going when we're we will stop when you say no when you when you say we're done and there came a moment when we knew that we knew that we knew that it was time to retire the broadcast the 2 months after we made that we had the signs that told us it was time to lay that down and we had been waiting for many years to see if someone else was going to pick up the mantle to take that same broadcast forward it was at a time when a, when for almost the entire run of the ministry, a 15-minute broadcast was a bit of an oddity, and every single station we were on had to make adjustments so they could fit that into their schedule, wow. because two-minute broadcasts are common, 30-minute broadcasts are common, our broadcasts were common at the time, 15 minutes, what are we going to do with the other 15 minutes in the half hour? Uh, music, um, There's no. there were few other 15-minute programs. So, um, and I kind of got off on a rabbit trail on that idea, but the, but there was a time when one of our primary stations said, would you be willing to go to a two minute broadcast and we'll play it more frequently, even throughout, we were on daily every day, but they would play it more frequently, but a two minute broadcast. And the way that we had structured the broad program with the storytelling and the devotional thoughts would have made that, would have meant we would need two or three or four more people in the ministry to be able to pull that off, even mm-hmm. with the audio editing capabilities. Mm-hmm. And after we laid down the ministry, two months later, Jackie's husband took gravely ill mm-hmm. and he never recovered. And then she became a widow. Her own health was failing. We we just knew that it was God orchestrated it all, and He held us for thirty three years. If we had depended on how much money is this making, are we even solv solvent? Whatever you call that, yeah. Um, is uh, is it easy? If we'd relied on answers to those questions, we would have stopped way sooner. But instead we believe that he was going to give us just enough encouragement for the day. And he, if nobody else benefited from it, but what we were gaining from the word and at the application of his word for daily life, um, that would have been enough, but he decided, no, I'm going to touch some other lives as well. The, the broadcast retired in 2012 and it's a rare week or month that goes by that we still don't still hear now from people who, who had, that had some kind of impact on them. And we're grateful, grateful, grateful. We know where the glory goes. Cause it wasn't us. That's right. As I said, we had no training, no experience, no equipment, yeah no anything that would made us fit for this, except mm. we said, Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I am willing. He said, I can work with willing. Come on. I can work with willing.
0: And here's what I love about your story is it's shining a big, bright spotlight on all of us because too often we're like, God, I'll do this if you do this. Mm. And we enter this negotiation With the one who used words to spin galaxies into rotation. Like how interesting must that be for him to to hear us be like, no, God, if, if you do this, then I'll do that. Yeah. And what I absolutely love about your story. Number one, stories are powerful. A message Mm -hmm. reaches a mind, but a story reaches a soul. Mm -hmm. And your story is a beautiful picture of what happens when you just give Jesus your yes. Mm -hmm. And. How freeing was that? Not, I'm not saying how easy was that, <laughs> mm-hmm, right. but how free was your soul yeah. when you committed to that level of yes? Yeah.
1: For whatever we walk through, it, whatever we walk through, whatever we face, whatever we attempt even, knowing that it's his work, that the results belong to him, that the provision is his, he is the provider. I'm not the, I'm not smart enough to provide for a thing like that. Um, I have a level of intelligence, but nobody's smart enough (laughs) to provide for that. (laughs) So, and all along the way, and whatever it is that we're facing, all I need is the assurance, God, this is you. Hmm. God, this is you. But sometimes He doesn't get, may, say that assurance in words. Sometimes there's a pause before we know that was you. When you asked us to move across the country, that was you, wasn't it? And we we just thought we were following a path. Uh, maybe an employment path, or something shuts down, and we we think we have to do something else because something shut down in our lives, and then realize that what was opening up turned out to be very much God's path. Somebody asked the other day, how do you keep balance in your life with the number of things that you do and a family and grandchildren now and and all this? And I said, I gave up trying for balance, attempting balance a long time ago, my my secret if there's going to be a secret is staying so tight close up against the spirit of the living god absolutely that i can hear when he's saying no not now nope nope not that nope move over here no that your husband can wait or your husband can make a pizza because i <laughs> <laughs> because yes. a frozen pizza, not a ham Absolutely. Hammy, Those but, are
0: delicious, by the way.
1: <laughs> right. Um, and we're supporting some kind of industry when we purchase frozen pizzas. But yes. but um, but at this moment, this is what who I need you to minister to, or oh. this is what I need you to be doing, or I need you to be doing nothing right now hmm. because you need to stop and be quiet for a minute. Can I share a little funny story about yes, that? Please. So about 20 years ago, a woman from our church at the time had asked me to sing at her funeral. And I knew your funeral is a long time away. I took her seriously, but I I knew it was going to be a while, even though she had had some health issues. And it was about 20 years and she passed away last week. Hmm. Uh, the funeral was going to be um, Friday last week and the family hadn't known that she'd asked me to um, play and sing for her funeral. So I didn't even know that she had passed away until the brand new pastor of that church said, we heard from one of the ladies in the kitchen that <laughs> <laughs> that this precious woman had asked you, had been planning on you to sing and play at her funeral. And I said, yes, I do remember that. And I I told her that I would, if at all possible. Hmm. So we pulled together the music there was one song that she had grabbed my hand after church one Sunday and said, this is a song I want you to sing at my funeral. So 20 years later, I had to remember what that song was. And I knew I'd written it down on a piece of paper somewhere, but our yeah. office had been completely remodeled, of much less just fixing files and changing things, putting mm. things, some things on computers. Some are still in paper files. Lord, where is that piece of paper that I wrote down the name of that song? There have been lots of songs written over the years. It could have been any of them. I knew it had something to do with heaven or death (laughs) or something. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. I couldn't even Google it because I didn't have enough of it to Google. Although I did try. I did try heaven, Google. Well, never got to that song. Yeah. So, so Here it is approaching the funeral, you know, a day or so later, two Mm -hmm. days later, and I still didn't have the answer. I, We know in in glory, she wouldn't have minded what was going on during the celebration service, but I so wanted to honor her. Mm -hmm. So I was on my knees before the Lord. God, I was in the middle of like kitchen work or something. And I said, God, I have tried everything. I've looked everywhere. I've done everything I can as a human to try to figure out where, what is that song? What is it? I want to honor her with it. What do I do? I'm just begging you, please, God, show me. What was the name of that song? And I felt this little wave come through that said, come to Jesus. And I said, yes, Lord, that's what I'm doing. I'm coming to you because (laughs) I do not know what the name of the song is. Please help me. You just have to, (gasps) the name of the song
0: is come to Jesus. Come on. That's right. And
1: I, and it was, it was actually the Chris Rice untitled hymn parentheses, come to Jesus. It wasn't even the main title of the song. Yeah. It was parentheses come to Jesus. And it was, if the Lord was saying, I have been speaking, you haven't been <laughs> listening. Uh, so the the beauty of all of that was, yep, he still provided even when I was being an idiot or right. when I was trying everything else first, before mm-hmm. I, before I just laid it up before the Lord and said, I, cannot. I I can't, I'm thinking now about how many hours I wasted searching in my own strength for a song that he knew in an instant, which one it was. So that beautiful last stanza of, it was such, it was such a song of, uh, wherever you are in your faith walk or no faith walk, Mm -hmm. here's the solution. Come to Jesus. And that very last stanza says something on the order of, um, Um, And with your final heartbeat, you'll kiss the world goodbye. Mm -hmm. Then go in peace and laugh on glory's side. Wow. And run to Jesus, run to Jesus. This is a woman who had been in a wheelchair for much of her life. Oh my goodness. Yep. Just perfect song, perfect timing. God knew.
0: Absolutely. And I do know the exact song that Mm -hmm. you're referencing. Marlena introduced it to me. Ah like 20 years ago and cuz she and I are at that really great stage in our friendship where we've known each other longer than we've not known each other now. Yeah. And that's a really kind of beautiful place for friendship to arrive. Like when you've done more life together than you've not done. Yeah. And so I know the song that you're referencing mm. and it's a powerful song. Yeah. Because I think it simplifies the answer. Yep. Yeah. Cuz too often it's Jesus plus Mm -hmm. fill in the blank Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or it's me plus. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's like, "Mm, God's made us talented and capable and competent, yes. Mm -hmm. But when it all comes back to Jesus, Mm -hmm. then life doesn't get easier, but abundant life becomes possible.
1: Mm -hmm. So true. And as the stanzas progress in that song, it's about when you've got heartbreak, mm. same answer, same solution, come to Jesus. When you're as happy as you've ever been before, same answer, dance with Jesus, find your joy in Jesus, same answer. It's that idea of, um, that you expressed about our efforts, plus a little, throw a little Jesus into your efforts and life will be good. Oh my goodness. If we could turn that upside down and help the world see. Yeah. Nope that's that's you you're you're twisted in your theology and you're twisted in your thinking mm. and you're living an exhausting life. Come on. Rather than a full life.
0: Absolutely and that's what Christ wants for every single one of us. He he's he says come to me all you who are weary. Well, <laughs> that's me today. <laughs> yeah. And and he's like what what will what will he do? He'll give us rest. Yeah. And when we can rest that's when we're actually at our best. And I I so love how you just captured an encouragement for every single one of us. Oh, and there's a there's a set of scripture uh, in Isaiah and it parenthetically and it it says this. It's like why do you spend yourself on things that don't satisfy? Mm. And so that's convicting for me because mm. I've spent myself on a lot of things that didn't fill me up when Christ can be your source, Mm -hmm. it really makes everything not easier, not even more simple. Sometimes it actually complicates things. Jesus sometimes complicates our lives in great ways, but it's just different in some really great ways too.
1: You know, you made me think of it. It's always so fun to talk to you because the way your mind works and the way your spirit works too. Mm. But one of the phrases that you were talking about is things that didn't fill you up. And some people would say, well, this is what I want to have filled up. I want my ego filled up. Mm -hmm. Well, filling up your ego bloats things. Truth. It pushes out the important, it pushes out what, so if what you're trying to fill up is your ego, you're going to wind up sick in your mind, sick in your body, Mm -hmm. sick in your spirit, because it's the, those, bloated egos are are going to push out what you really need for true joy and for that where 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 every in some ways it's like minimalism can we take minimalism in the spirit Mm. how about if we don't feed all those other things like pride and ego and greed and all the other things and fame, the desire for fame and all those things. How about if we push all of that out and start with an empty room and just line that room with Jesus mm-hmm. and let his joy and take a deeper look at Galatians 5.22 and let's line the walls of who we are with the love and the joy and the peace and the patience. Mm-hmm. If we, if what we're doing will fill that up, if what we're doing will enhance that atmosphere, That's real life.
0: Well, and when we have Jesus, we have everything we will ever need. Right. And I I think we've got to maybe come correct a little bit in our American mindset Mm. and maybe learn from our global sisters and brothers in the faith. Because too often in America, when bad things hit hit our house, we're like, God, why me? Mm. And then when good things come into our lives, we're like, yay, God is good. Yeah. But our global family sees it's so different mm-hmm. when suffering hits their house. Mm-hmm. That's when they say God is good. Mm-hmm. And then when the blessings of God come, that's when they say, God, why me? Mm-hmm. And how different would our lives be mm-hmm. if we would wake up every day thankful for Jesus Thankful for what he brings into our lives. Thankful for the power that he manifests in us, you know, earthen vessels, you know, mm-hmm. super imperfect, but now being made whole mm-hmm. through his love. Mm-hmm. It's such an amazing journey to be following Christ. And it's really that simple. Mm-hmm.
1: It is that simple and it does turn things upside down it, mm-hmm. and inside out. It's, it's, um, you know, we've lived, we, we've lived through a few things as Americans, but the whole world did, but right. we've been lived through a few things and we've, we've had almost everything that we thought we could count on fell away. Right. Almost everything of a physical nature and a, a routine Nature, what we thought we deserved, what we thought what we like to do for fun, uh, the people that we felt we not only needed to be around, but who needed us, mm. the the especially the routines and the schedules, those things upended. We still that's not suffering. I, if I could mm. bear to say that, that's really not suffering. Yeah. And even those who lost businesses, hard hard, hard, or who lost a loved one. So very hard, so very hard. And it's a level of suffering in the Mm -hmm. middle of it. But the truth of it is that what the rejoicing is, how am I still breathing through this? I'm still breathing through this. Come on. Because God, you allowed that to happen. Mm. I can still love. I can find new ways to love and express that love. In the middle of this, because you're paving a way for that, wow. you you've made us pivot and shift. Some of those things we're not going to go back to because you showed us a better way. Yeah. If everything we faced in life had that that perspective to it, um, we would not be paralyzed when mm-hmm. something crosses our path that knocks us off of our feet.
0: Yeah, and one thing I love that the Spirit of God authors in us is. A defiant, in the right sense, a defiant posture Mm -hmm. to where after life hits you, after you've been wounded, after your scar is finally healed and become a scar, a visible Mm -hmm. representation of a previous wound. You can stand and rise and and declare to the world, I'm still here Mm -hmm. by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. Whatever the enemy intended for my harm, Mm -hmm. my God has Utilized and purposed for my good. Mm-hmm. And it's this beautiful defiance that we get to walk in because uh, compliance is kind of the, the spirit of the age. Mm-hmm. Just hate, just make sure you agree with the script.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Here's that's what that. I've mapped out. And mm-hmm. These are my expectations Mm -hmm. and let's see how this goes. (laughs) Oh
0: Oh, man, following Christ is one of the hardest. I'll just put it at the top. It is the hardest thing I've ever done Mm -hmm. because of what it involves. It involves me dying to myself Mm -hmm. and picking up the instrument that authored our Savior's final moments on earth and becoming like him. Because the world doesn't need a better version of Dan Herod, it needs more of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It needs the Imago Dei, the image of God that is imprinted over my life, over your life. It needs that to shine, and I, I love it.
1: We're coming up to a season now. Whenever this is aired, and if if not uh, soon it'll come around again. Mm-hmm. A season that showed us two of the most significant moments in history, Gethsemane and Calvary. Mm-hmm. And in Gethsemane, it was, it was the picture of what surrender really looks like. It was the picture of what laying, knowing you're going to lay down your life and saying yes to God, knowing that what is asked of you and agreeing with God, that whether I understand it or not, that's That I'm saying yes to you, God. Mm. And then Calvary itself was the actual enactment of that. It was that, it was the, he would have stepped up onto the cross himself if they hadn't put him there. Right. He would have said, Give me the hammer, will you? Because we got to get this done. This is part of God's plan. And Mm. I, he would have stepped up there climbed up there if he hadn't been put there himself and then of course the third which is resurrection and how it changed everything yeah so for each of us too there's that gethsemane moment am i going to am i going to agree with god's plan whether i like the details of that plan or not hmm. and then the calvary moment where we implement and actually enact Act out on our obedience, on our mental obedience and our soul's obedience. Now we act out physically with the way we live our lives. Yeah, And then the resurrection will come. The the glory he produces will come either now or many years down the road.
0: Hmm. Wow. So well said. And I think for the believer, the follower of Christ, all three of those moments are vital that we, we walk through each one because mm. it unfortunately our current culture tells us, hey, if you desire it, you deserve it. Mm. And you just kind of got to go get what you want. And the cross actually says, mm, uh, no. <laughs> hey. Hey. And then the culmination of the resurrection, uh, that's my hope uh, before my daughter passed away I believed in heaven. Mm. I was thankful for it. Mm. But now it's a place that I want to be. Mm. And it's made possible by the resurrection of our Lord.
1: There's a mental image that often brings me to tears mm. in that concept of uh, that moment when Jesus drew a breath again. And mm. that moment when his lungs would. <laughs> Wow. And he drew a breath again. His understanding too—that this was the next phase of a mm. plan that God had invented. God and Father, Son, Holy Spirit had had invented before the beginning of time, as that moment that was absolutely necessary to rescue us from who we are mm. in our in our human nature. But that moment also is. Is a moment that happens to every human being who dies in Christ. Is that moment of, <gasps> yeah, and l- maybe not physical lungs filling again, but that <sighs> that breathing again when you weren't, yeah. and um, and for the grieving, same thing, mm-hmm. same thing. There is that moment when, <gasps> wow, I'm breathing again. I'm breathing again.
0: Yeah, I
1: didn't know I could. I didn't know I could.
0: Wow. So where does Cynthia find hope?
1: You know, <laughs> it sounds simplistic yeah. to say, it sounds simple to say, I just trust Jesus. That's <laughs> a pat answer because almost it, almost all of our hope is hard fought in some ways, either Jesus had to fight hard for it for Mm -hmm. us, or we have to fight through what the world is trying to tell us what our body's telling us what our mind is telling us what our nature is telling us, we have to fight through that to get to the truth. And, um, and that can be a real live battle. But when you get a to hope and hope is your muscle memory Mm. and hope is your default because you've practiced hoping in him over and over and over through this situation and that situation. And this one, you almost don't even have to think about it anymore. It's your default.
0: Mm.
1: Here's something awful that comes across our path. I default to hope because I know from experience, that's the only way that I'm going to survive. And I know it is true and solid and trustworthy. Wow. As long as my hope is in the God of hope, the God of hope and the God of endurance, as Romans tells us, as long as my hope is in him, it is solid and trustworthy, can't waver. I won't be tossed about by winds of doubt. If my default is hope. A lot of that, I think, comes from you know I'm at I'm of a certain age now when i've had life experiences that have either taught me or reminded me but I've also made his word my resource Absolutely. his word my resource and his spirit my guarantee
0: mm, that's good
1: and um, that's what he promised himself so my hope is starting to fade a little bit get back into the word. I got to get into the word. I got to get to the word. Absolutely. I remember in particular a night when there was, I had such grave concern over a family issue with, um, um, uh, with grandchildren and one of my children and decisions and really rough things that they were going through at the time. And it was, it seemed hopeless at the moment. And I was sitting in my um, bed with my pillow clutched to my chest, rocking Mm -hmm. back and forth. That's, you know, that kind of depth of, Mm -hmm. oh, Lord God, oh, Lord God. And I, and I remember saying, I have to have something from your word Um, opened up to the Bible that was on my nightstand to where I'd been reading the evening before. I didn't even remember where that was. And it was someplace in the old Testament. I think it was second Samuel or second Chronicles or something. And I yeah. thought, Oh, there's a lot of comfort there.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: but, but I opened up to the passage where Solomon said, Oh Lord, you have said that you would live in thick darkness. Hmm. And I stopped and I thought this is thick darkness. Oh. And you said, you're here. Hmm. I can sleep.
0: And I my closed goodness.
1: closed the Bible and went to sleep and let him handle it because my worry was not going to do anything to make it any better.
0: Wow. Wow. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that again. <laughs> now, who, who is Cynthia proud of today?
1: I thought about that just a little bit. And I think who I am most proud of is the person who is um, walking through really tough things with courage Mm. and it shows, it's a courage that shows, not to draw attention to that person. I could name single parents right Mm -hmm. now who are walking through something really tough. I could name every parent who's trying to balance this virtual school, in school, dilemma. I, I could name people like that. I could name the people who have been struggling because their parents are aging and they can't even get to them mm-hmm. um, or someone in trouble. Those who are trying to reframe their life because the rug has been pulled out from underneath them. Any number of those people and they're they they might be nameless and faceless, but not, not to God. They are to me, maybe. But those people who are doing that with dignity and courage, because they know where their source of hope comes from. I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of those who are exhibiting courage, who are not letting anger take over, who aren't letting despair take over, and who are not sitting in a pile of their own misery, but are walking forward by the grace and the strength of of God.
0: My goodness, that is so well said and uh, beautiful on so many levels. Cynthia, I, I can't thank you enough for making the time to have this conversation today.
1: It, it's it been a real joy. And I know that the Lord has used it to remind me of some things that uh, my, our, our souls are never done learning. This whole idea of perpetual learning, lifelong learning that applies just as much to the soul and the spirit as it does mm-hmm. to education and, and the mind. So um there were some things that had to come out of my mouth because my mind and my heart needed to hear them.
0: I'm with you a hundred percent. There's a powerful reality in proclamation.
1: Mm.
0: When your ears hear, your lips say yes the truth, it becomes more real. So true. And it might be Paul David Tripp who's who said eloquently. We are the most influential people in our lives.
1: Oh, yeah, that's like, really good.
0: You, you are know, the most, oh, go ahead.
1: Well, I th- th- that was so, so good. And it reminded me of part of the experience of working on the radio broadcast was we would discover these gems of things we didn't even realize God had spoken to for our daily lives. We would discover that gem or in our personal devotional lives. And we always felt that it didn't, it was a truth, but it didn't become cement in our lives until we had shared it with somebody else. Mm -hmm. So we began to start to pray for that. And sure enough, before the day was over, if we'd been blessed by something from the word, there was an opportunity to share that with someone else. And all of a sudden that speaking it as well as hearing it and reading it became the cement that made it so true that we would recall, be able to recall it later. So what a great exercise to if something blesses you in the word, if you're encouraged by something, find someone that you can share that with. You'll remember it better yourself if you do.
0: That's so well said. That is so well said. I am reminded of, you know, never trust a skinny cook. (laughs) <laughs> and
1: exactly the, same principle <laughs> amen
0: amen and so for those of us that have a desire and a passion to encourage others through writing through speaking it is absolutely vital that we are feasting on the word of God every day that we are pulling ourselves up to his table and letting him nourish our souls and to maybe take the cup that he's slid across the table to us and Mm -hmm. the one that we don't want to drink (laughs) and maybe take that in, in full faith and say, this is a bitter, bitter swallow, Mm -hmm. but it it came through the hand of Christ. Mm -hmm. So I trust him enough to take this in. And I, I'm so encouraged. Uh, number one, by this conversation today, I, I can't thank you enough because you dropped so many nuggets into my, my lap today. Mm-hmm. And I can see why the Lord had trusted you for 33 years and you and your, your counterpart to just share encouragement. Oh my gosh, it's so clear uh, why he trusted you with that because of just how humbly and passionately you, you share your life, you share your story, you share your soul. And I, I'm just grateful for this moment.
1: I'm grateful for you, Dan. And I would say the same that out of your mouth comes The one-liners, I've told you this before, the one-liners are the word pictures that help me to understand truth better Mm. or help me remember it better. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the Lord uses you in every time you speak, whether it's to young people or through this podcast or one-on-one. Every time there will be something that comes out of your mouth that has been your perspective, your way of looking at it, that has helped others understand what they needed even better or understand an important truth from God. So kudos to you. But I know that when I'm saying that, I'm saying thank you, God, for making Dan that man. Hmm.
0: Wow. Well, Cynthia, it's a privilege to be on the journey with you as we kind of wrap up our conversation today. I'm excited Mm -hmm. for you because I know you're a prolific author and you've just released your latest in your journey. How many books have you
1: released? I lost count. I really should go back and count, but I think this is 35.
0: Let's go. My
1: my first book was published in 2010. So it's been kind of a wild ride, but it's a ride that I've thoroughly enjoyed all aspects of it, which is great. And yes, the new book, uh, Facing the Dawn, just released. And it's, um, it's a story, interestingly enough, about grief and
0: loss. Mm, how appropriate
1: and watching characters go through grief and loss and understanding our own character better. Wow,
0: wow. well, I'm going to include links to mm. help the listener find not just your latest release, but to connect with you. Thank you. Because I really do want people to track with you long after the, the echoes of the last syllables of this conversation cease ringing in the room of their heart. I, I really do know that you have got so much more to offer everyone who's listening today. And I'm excited for the listener to, to start walking with you as, as you just kind of share your story and share your life.
1: Thank you, Dan. Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: I don't know about you, but I am still thinking on so many points of that conversation I am struck by Cynthia's ability to synthesize spiritual truth and to make it not only understandable but something that is achievable not easy but simple I was struck by her story in the sense that she gave Jesus her yes her and her partner in the radio broadcast, every single episode for 30 plus years just gave Jesus their yes. And the impact of one decision is still ringing to this very day. One decision made by two ladies to give what they had to Jesus their time, their talents, their treasures, their abilities, and ultimately their trust because that is the essence of what it means to follow Jesus. It's never an issue of just try harder because ultimately God is doing the heavy lifting anyways. Now, please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that you can just kind of coast through life and not be excellent. No, that's the exact opposite of what I firmly believe in the center of who I am. I believe this world deserves our very best. I believe the call of God on our lives deserves our intentionality and the discipline that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe all that. But the liberty that we have in Christ is realized when we understand that it's not about trying harder. It's about trusting more deeply in the one who calls us by name. And he knows what is best, not just for our segment of this multi chaptered multi booked epic narrative that spans thousands of years from the dawn of creation to when the sun will finally set someday on this side of eternity. God knows what is best. And when we give Him our yes, this world gets more beautiful. This world gets more hopeful. This world experiences healing. And it's all for God's glory. Where are you at today? Are you wrestling with a request from the throne of grace? Is God leading you to do something that doesn't make any earthly sense, but you have a strong sense that it is really him leading you? It could be something as simple as forgiving the person at your work who talks trash about you behind your back. And you know they're throwing all kinds of shade your way. And maybe God has been tapping on your heart to say you got to forgive them because even though it may be even on purpose, they may be trying to defame your very character. As Christ followers, we walk and talk different. We don't live like the rest of the world. We are people whose lives are marked by grace. Why? Because we've been saved by grace. And it might not be forgiveness. It may be an act of simple relational obedience. Maybe you're supposed to be encouraging someone in your life more than you are. Maybe you're supposed to be texting someone today, just letting them know that you're thinking about them. And this has been something that you haven't been giving God your yes on the daily basis. And maybe it's time to just start giving him your yes in that realm. He's given you the gift of encouragement. So maybe it's time to just start giving him your yes. I mean, think about it. What What's the worst that's gonna happen if you give God your yes and it's not perfect. The worst that might happen is that you might fall flat on your face, have made a mistake, and then discovered that even God is able to handle our missteps and the humble heart is always, always drawn near to God. And this is what I love about Cynthia's story For a full year, she did not hear back from any of the listeners who she was praying for, working for, studying for, getting better in her expertise, or 12 months long. That is quite the season of silence, wouldn't you agree? Why do we think God promises us success in our definition? when we are asked to do something by him. Do we really believe that his scoreboard is the same as ours every hour and every minute and every second of every day? What if it's better? And what if it means you and I have to go through a season of immense trial doing the right thing as we experience all the wrong things, all the things that we do not want to see happen, but we know we are still doing the right thing. What if that is that bitter cup that Christ is sliding across the table in the room of your heart today? Maybe it's time for all of us to lay down our idol of comfort, not Being comforted by God I'm talking about the idol of being comfortable because I don't think the abundant life of Christ will ever be experienced by taking the path of least resistance not in our lives individually and most certainly not by the world that God loved so much that he gave his one and only son for. So I want to encourage you today to give God your yes. And if you swung and miss already today and you're like, oop, uh, that sucked. Tomorrow's coming and tomorrow's a brand new day to give God your yes. And I'm excited for you just like I'm excited for me. I want to give God my yes every single day of my life. And it's really not about me batting a thousand. It's not about me batting 500. It's not even about the scoreboard. It's about the heart. And I want to be the man who says, Jesus, I don't understand, but I trust you. And I know you're good. And in the end, on the other side of eternity, this is going to make so much sense. So God, in the fog of the current season of my life, even though it doesn't make sense, guess what? I still love you, God. I still worship you, and I'm going to be somebody who lives an intentional life of hope. it folks we have come to the end of the line on this episode of hope between the lines and yes those rhymes are so sublime you're welcome folks i can't help but flex dad jokes and dad rhymes it's just who i am don't judge now cynthia is amazing and i want you to connect with her I've got her contact info, her website info in the show notes. So make sure you find that, click on that. And if you would do me a huge favor, share this episode with a friend. And then also head to wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a review, and then uh, make sure you subscribe so that you can get the latest, freshest episodes, the greatest conversations straight to your platform and your playing device. I want to say thanks a million for hanging out with me today it is always a joy to be a voice in your very busy world I'm thankful that you chose to press play on this episode today and it's just a privilege that you'd let that be the way it is thank you so much lastly and never ever leastly may the Lord bless you may he keep you and may his face shine forever brightly upon you